Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Today's episode was inspired by a recent tutoring session. I heard my daughter excited and engaged in virtual learning with her tutor, and I became curious. What was her tutor doing to inspire Scarlett to drop her toys and jump on a Zoom after being in virtual school for several hours? Why are there no tears or feelings of frustration when she is in tutoring? How are they making so much progress together after almost an entire year of virtual learning? And yes, as we record this episode, it has been almost a year of virtual learning. Scarlett has not stepped foot into a classroom since March of 2020. I invited Scarlett's tutor to today's show to help us parents raise lifelong learners. For those of you that aren't parents, you'll enjoy hearing Anna's story of launching her tutoring practice and how principles like a growth mindset and confidence show up beyond our business goals and also show up in education. Anna Vanastran served as an elementary educator and academic coach for over 18 years and believes that passionate teachers create passionate learners. Her background in mindset coaching helps her embed strategies within sessions to unlock individual potential. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I am eager to learn from you. And I know that the advice and insight you share will benefit the goal achievement community. So let's start by understanding more about your tutoring business and what inspired you to start Stronger Than Yesterday Tutoring. Well, teaching and children have always been my passion and my heart. So at the end of the last school year with the shifting in e-learning, I was really inspired to start this business. I called it Stronger Than Yesterday Tutoring for a reason because I want to truly provide quality and online support to students to help them become stronger and more capable than before. I do focus on the progress, not perfection. And I want to teach specific skills and confidence that lead to independence. When this started, it was after 18 years of working in elementary education and even serving as an academic coach. So seeing many other teachers and visiting their classrooms, helping coach them, which provided so much knowledge and just the ability to see not only from what other teachers experience, but just a multitude of students. I wanted to be able to really overcome a lot of the struggles with the shifting in e-learning. I realized there was a major need for one-on-one mindset coaching and academic instruction with students. This actually happened after working with my nephew online just to help out a family member. And I realized before we even could work on reading, we had to first adjust his mindset because he was going through a lot of changes in his life at the time. And the day was just a big blur for him. And so we had to stop. We had to discuss what was going on. And I realized that's what I did in the classroom. 
when I worked with students and really making that connection. And I thought, oh my goodness, I could do this online right now with what so many students are dealing with. So my main thing is I wanted to tailor curriculum with interest and skill levels to where if they are in a slump or lacking motivation or just need that extra bump, I want to make sure that these students feel that motivation and want to not just do homework or schoolwork, but to live, to truly live. You mentioned, Anna, that your tutoring company was really born out of a need to help students adjust to this online learning environment and grow their mindset. You also mentioned that there are certain signs you see in students when they are in a slump. How can we recognize that students are truly in a slump versus maybe not wanting to do their homework? Sometimes the signs aren't always 100% clear. When And you know your own child. So when you start to see that the interest that they usually have, that would really make them tick. They're starting to lose the interest that would really just bring them joy. I think sometimes it's the lack of interaction that some students don't get to have that they really thrived with before. Or maybe it's that they can't go to gymnastics every day. But when you can tell something's off, it's more than just not wanting to do their homework or not wanting to maybe complete an online lesson. It's a lack of joy. It's a lack of wanting to make the most of the day. And it's not just one day, it's a multitude of days over and over again that we see this pattern. I know I have a hard time remembering that Scarlett is human just like me, and she's allowed to have an off day, just like I'm allowed to have an off day. I sometimes falsely assume she's going to have it all together all the time. So I like how you point out, start being aware, are your children losing joy over the course of multiple days? And I know in your work, it's very important that you help your students develop a growth mindset. How do you define a growth mindset? I feel that a growth mindset is a belief that our intelligence and abilities can be improved with effort and the right strategies. I truly believe that we do have incredible brains that can strengthen in the direction that we choose. Our beliefs about our own abilities and potential really is, it shapes our mindset. And our mindset is so powerful. It fuels our behavior. It predicts our success. Our mindset actually even shapes our everyday lives. So that's what I was talking about with the students. When we see their mindset so off that you see a pattern of day after day after day that they're in the slump, that's when we need to have that growth mindset. I think even as adults, as life goes on, confronting challenges with a passion for learning and using failures as a springboard for growth changes the trajectory of life. And it's truly linked to greater happiness and achievement in life. And I'm a huge advocate of a growth mindset, an achievement mindset, learning from our failures. I've talked about those concepts a lot on this show. And I'm thrilled that you are pointing out the significance of helping shape our children's minds at such a young age in a positive way. So what are some things that parents like me can do to instill a growth mindset in their kids? I think even thinking of the whole concept of rewiring the brain and thoughts and experiences with a positive view of whether it's schoolwork or homework. 
and with expectations. Um, thinking of what does success look like to you? Even asking your child, what does success look like? What are you pursuing or working toward? And creating these specific goals for whether it's the daily schoolwork that is expected or the homework that the student's given and being realistic. As I said earlier, progress, not perfection. I think that some students expect perfection in themselves and then sometimes we expect perfection. But really making sure that the student knows it's progress each day and building that self-confidence. I think taking time to make those goals and reflect and celebrate as a family and taking pride in that study progress is huge. I know as a teacher, when the students knew that I cared, they truly knew I cared. They cared more. It's so easy to get busy and to forget about doing this. But when you take the time to do this, it makes such a difference in your child's life. And so to forward think and even asking them, what kind of person do you want to be in a month, in a year, 10 years from now? How powerful that is. And it might sound different with a first grader, second to a sixth grader. But how cute would that be to hear what their dreams are? Because that's their blueprint vision of where they want to go. And then making those smaller goals to where they are in life and making that blueprint come to life as a family. And they do need guidance in this. They don't know how to do this completely on their own. So whether they move fast and furious or they're moving slow and steady, taking time to pause and reflect and celebrate that growth. And it could be a reward of, oh, hey, we're going to watch this particular movie together as a family and have popcorn whenever you achieve this goal because that's what they chose that was important to them to celebrate. Or just having non-negotiable consequences together and not as a consequence as a punishment. But if we make this progress, then we'll get to do this together and celebrate. And if not, we'll just continue to work toward these goals to achieve your dream. I have seen you execute this advice just this week. A package showed up and it was a unicorn headband and Scarlett was so excited. And she told Joe, Dad, it's even more beautiful in person. And come to find out the headband was from you because she progressed to a certain level in a phonics game. And now she's really improved her skill set in phonics. We as parents should remember a lot of the things that we do to develop our own growth mindset apply to our kids. I love a good vision conversation. I am a vision advocate. We need a long-term vision, a short-term vision. I've never once paused and asked Scarlett, hey, what kind of person do you want to be a year from now or two years from now? I've never even thought to ask her those questions. So. I really appreciate you sharing that perspective. Thank you. I really discovered this when I taught fifth grade two different years in a row. And it wasn't something that I planned on doing. But I feel that I gained so much insight in the fact that as I was teaching younger students, I didn't realize that they're thinking as much as until I, I taught fifth grade. And I realized they are literally smaller adults that deal with the same emotions and the same mindsets as us. And when I say mindsets, I mean, you can fall into the same patterns of, hey, I want to sleep in today and I would rather just not go to school. And so we would have those real conversations of, you know what, I feel that way too sometimes. And so that's when I started to build into my classroom schedule an actual character education and let's think about a quote and let's keep each other motivated and talk about what we struggle with 
and what keeps us going. And so part of that and our goals, our long-term goals, we made vision boards and things like that. And it reminded me of what we did in our 20s and started to really get motivated. I was like, whoa, they can think like this now too. And that's really guided me through this business as well. I remember going to Target with Scarlett, buying magazines so I could update my own vision board. And she wanted to make one too. And it was one of my favorite memories together, sitting in my office, cutting out pictures. And I was so inspired by the images she chose, all these beautiful colors and hamburgers and things that were significant and important to her. And I think that it's a solid reminder. We as parents, we as educators can start to build a growth mindset from a very early age. In addition to adding character curriculum, to a schedule. What other ideas do you have for educators to develop a growth mindset? I speak from this with emotion because my husband can attest to this. Being a teacher, you can fall into a slump like you truly can. I can think of nights where you can get like truly obsessed with reaching your goals to the point where it's not balanced. And you even see me right now, I get like teary-eyed talking about it because you could put your all into it to the point where it's unhealthy for you, or you could give up. And I see coaching teachers, it broke my heart because so many were so discouraged and ready to quit. And then so many that were giving their all, it it was such an imbalance in their life. So having that, I'm making progress. I might not reach it. There are going to be times where a student will say something to you that will hurt your feelings. They're students. Don't take it personal. I really, really have been thinking about this lately. It's a continuous journey. It requires pivoting, thinking outside the box, finding that balance. And you have to take care of yourself. Uh, That positive thinking, self-talk, for your daily events and your goals that you make, it is truly progress. You will never get everything done as a teacher. And during one meditation I was listening to, said to picture just putting those things on a shelf for a tomorrow, a later day. And it's so true because the pressure that you can put on yourself as an educator, you have to keep your joy. Because if you don't have joy, the kids will see it. Like whether it's face-to-face or online, they're going to know. So remember your purpose. Our ability and our talents can improve over time with hard work too, as teachers. So like Zoom, I remember getting on Zoom for the very first time during quarantine. And having to watch YouTube videos on how to change the settings and getting frustrated, but having that willingness to try new strategies and to provide genuine instruction. So to not take the shortcuts, but also not spend five hours to plan just one lesson, to find that balance. And with the students, being honest with them, even when you fail as a teacher, being open with students and knowing that failure is viewed as a learning experience, not just for students, but for teachers as well. And it's okay if you make a mistake in front of them and even with parents. I think just take it easy on yourself as a teacher because it's hard. And when things don't go right and someone's hard on you, whether it's administration or another parent, don't take it personal and learn from it. I would say that's my advice because I can also say I've been way off balance with my mindset as a teacher in the last 18 years. And I can think of certain years that I've had to get in check. 
Anna, you shared a lot of strategies that are direct parallels in the business world. Anyone who's on a journey to achieve goals is going to be challenged to think outside of the box from time to time. We are all encouraged to take care of ourselves and find that time to fill up our buckets so we can bring that joy. But one element you spoke about really stands out, and it's the negative self-talk. What were some of the recommendations you had for your teachers you were coaching? Or even what, Anna, were some of the strategies you leveraged yourself to rewrite those negative mental narratives and stop the storytelling? I think being able to forgive yourself for mistakes that you made. So we can say you turn mistakes into lessons, but thinking about mistakes maybe that you made and being able to truly forgive yourself and move on and learn from them. Knowing who you are as a person is such a valuable thing. And I think whether or not you're teaching or you're working with others, when people know that you value yourself, they recognize that and they respect that. When you value yourself, you know how to not necessarily react, but to respond. I had to rewire my own brain just in life in general, because you can find yourself almost spiraling like when you're off with work, say you're off balance with work, then you become off balance with the way you cope with things. So even recognizing your own patterns, rewriting those patterns and knowing which patterns benefit you and which ones don't. And I think that's part of the journey of life of where do you want to be in life? What serves you? What doesn't? You value yourself so much that what doesn't serve you Well, you know not to go to that anymore and not to listen to that, whether it's negative self-talk or it's letting someone get to you because you really can control that stuff. And I think recognizing in the past what got you off track and right away, almost like steering clear of it and valuing, truly valuing yourself. I know one of the things that I learned in my end of the year reflection is I can get off track with mindless social media scrolling. And it's important. I want a social media presence. I want to be able to build a community of goal achievers. I want to engage with that community. But I noticed if I scrolled too much, I could go down this rabbit hole and fall victim to comparison. And that would start the self-talk, that would start the ruminating, start the beating myself up. And so I think you are right when you recognize your own personal triggers, recognize the way that you start to cope with negative situations or disappointing situations, and then rewrite how you want to handle them. And this, Anna, goes back to our growth mindset. If we have that growth mindset, we have the belief that we can make changes, we can grow, we can focus on the things that we can control. Yes. And I think that's very important. And when you said I even noticed doing the same thing when I woke up in the morning and I said, well, that doesn't really serve me or prepare me for my day. So I would much rather write down my goals for the day and listen to music, journal, meditate. And so even making that small shift, change one pattern. What's one pattern that you're noticing? And I think that's the biggest thing too, is thinking that you have to change everything at one time. But if you change one thing at a time, you're going to notice that you're completely going down a different path. And it's one that you're a better version of yourself. I agree. A lot of times a client has a laundry list 
of items to change about himself or herself or her business. It's this list of all these things. And I start thinking, wow, this is overwhelming. What's one thing that gives you energy that's going to move the ball forward? Let's start there. Because I know once you start to build that momentum, those other items that were on the list, they start happening a bit more naturally. Well, I know that there are some teachers still teaching virtually today. What advice do you have for teachers that are teaching virtually to successfully engage their students in that online learning environment? And I'm learning more about this each day because I get a lot of insight with each student I work with. I get to see their online classroom and and then also discussing this with a lot of other teachers and thinking about my past year's experience. I think fostering a community, even if they can't see each other physically face-to-face, fostering that community as a classroom is really important, but also keeping in mind the individual learning plans. I know with primary grades that last year, halfway through the year, we had to go into e-learning The explicit modeling of instruction, even when we think about writing and reading, is so important because there can be gaps in learning when it even comes to students writing out certain sounds. And I only say this because I've seen this firsthand. And then also I know as a coach, modeling the writing live, whether it be recording a quick five-minute video of yourself is so powerful. And writing out handwriting or sounding out certain words or modeling a writing craft or a reading strategy, if they can see you, I think that's so powerful. So whether it be a quick recording to engage students or doing it live with the students, but also keeping your lessons short. I've noticed that too. So the content needs to be a lot less than you would do in the classroom. So keeping it 5 to 10 minutes and keeping your audience in mind. I've learned this even creating content, thinking what might they get confused with so they don't have those frustrations. So these are all things that I've had to really think about because the frustration could keep a student from becoming engaged at all. Having as much face-to-face virtual interactions as possible and learning by doing. And what I mean by this is varying the listening to instruction and multiple choice to like creative ways to solve problems like Finding an object to measure in the house or describing the texture, like saying you're studying adjectives, finding objects in the house to describe the texture or specific interactions like with a family member to gather information for a biography or maybe a different point of view on a specific topic. So just finding different ways to actually have assignments um, to be done to where it's not monotonous. You don't want them to get bored. And these are things that I've specifically learned because I can tell when my students are bored. I've learned that you have to create different type of flexible curriculum and sometimes even giving a choice on how students can complete assignments. Not every student will want to do an essay or a book report. So giving them options that appeals. The power of choice is very, it's awesome. If they have a choice of five different ways to reflect on a book, you could be surprised with the ingenuity that a student can show. Also provide time for your students to collaborate and work in groups even though they're online, that teamwork is really important. And the last thing I would say is a flow of communication between students and parents because so many things can get confusing. The communication is so important, especially with e-learning. 
those strategies you shared for e-learning can also apply in the corporate setting. If leaders are listening to this episode right now, taking a look at how you're delivering content to your teams and how are you teaching your teams, a lot of the principles you shared, the power of choice, fostering community, remembering that there is still the need for the individual development plans and how frustration can really prevent our engagement apply to children as well as adults. So the advice that you shared for teachers engaging virtually was really helpful. Does the advice differ for teachers who are teaching special needs students? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. I have some insight on that. And personally, I'm not specialized in special education, but I've had many students in my class that are serviced within my classroom. And then I'm fortunate to have a neighbor who is very specialized in that and who I feel is very talented. And I've had many conversations with him as well. Awareness of the individualized education program for each of these children is really important. Updating these IEPs is what they call them for short. Making sure that the parents agree to all these changes. I mean, this could be a struggle, but it's so important. And I was thinking, how? Larger fonts, high contrast lighting during online classes, turning on closed captions when showing videos. Like all of these things could help these students. The amount of work or the type of work given. The expectations, this goes for all students, I think, but the expectations need to be even more clear for these students. Even thinking, how can I provide the parents training on how to actually show the students with independence as a goal in mind to navigate through the computer and be online where the parent doesn't have to be beside the student all the time? Because this could be a very stressful situation. So if a parent isn't familiar with Google Classroom or giving the parent a training so they don't have to wonder what to do when the student asks, And then also working as a team, daily communication with parents and students and giving them training and offering that support. There needs to be a lot of communication and realistic expectations with individualized plans in mind. Teamwork would be the key with that, for sure. I'm picking up on a theme here around the power of communication expectations, adjusting, that seems to be coming across in several of your answers. And it really is helping me reflect on how I can continue to encourage Scarlett to engage in education and to enjoy education by leaning on this team of people that are here to help her. What are some additional ideas you have for parents like me to keep their kids engaged in learning, whether it's online or offline? I was super impressed with Scarlett yesterday. We were working two full hours on online work after she finished working in class earlier that day. That's a lot of work for a first grader. And it was rigorous. And she had said something that was so cute. So we've been working this whole time and I didn't get the breaks that my brain needs and we're running out of time. And I was like, <laughs> so we had a discussion. We had two more problems. And so she shifted her mindset completely and read these word problems. And you could even tell she solved them faster than she usually would. 
so we could have our few minute break at the end. And then she wanted to play a short and long vowel game, which was still educational, but that was her choice of her reward. So that even shows she had a goal. She was getting frustrated. So even just being able to talk through when you're not engaged and you feel that you're getting frustrated, which I mean, she was able to communicate that. I think that's so important. So going back to creating the specific goals for the learning process throughout the day, whether you're in school or you're working online, having that conversation and thinking, what goals do we want to make as a family? And then whether it be a weekly checkup, a monthly checkup, whatever you as a family feel comfortable with, deciding how in a healthy way you can keep your child accountable to where they know that they're going to have that quick discussion with you. Did you meet your goal? Are you successful this week in school? Did you pay attention? Because let's be honest, when you're online, they can tell you, oh, I went on YouTube and watched another video. I'm just being real because I've worked with students and they've been honest with me. So I'm like, do you feel that you're looking at something else when you're on a meet? Are you really paying attention? No. So do we feel that is maybe why you don't know how to divide fractions the right way? So is that helping you towards your goal? No. So maybe we're not going to meet the reward for that goal this week. So how can we meet the reward next week? So instead of a punishment, it's, well, I'm just going to work toward that goal next week. How are we going to come back and reflect on this progress? And are we consistent? And, and it's okay if you know we didn't make as much progress, but let's celebrate what we did. And if we met our goal, we'll celebrate. If not, let's just work toward it a little bit more. And I think acknowledging when your child or when your student does well and encouraging them is important. I think more positive reinforcement is definitely important than the punishment. The way that I would want someone to speak to me if I wasn't making progress in life and I made those decisions on my own, I wouldn't want somebody putting me down. I would want them asking me, maybe why didn't you make that progress and what could we change? You articulate how the power of goals impact our children's educational experience and We share a lot of similar thoughts around the power of tracking progress. Accountability can be a really good thing and a very helpful thing on our goal achievement journey. I know consistency is one of the characteristics of goal achievers. They're very consistent. And I share that same belief that the power of positive reinforcement is so much stronger than those negative consequences. If our listeners want to learn more about your tutoring services, how can they connect with you? I'm available on social media. I have an Instagram page and also a Facebook page, Stronger Than Yesterday Tutoring. And then my website, and also check out my website at styt for Stronger Than Yesterday Tutoring dot education. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And we appreciate all the insights that you shared. Thank you so much for having me. I had an absolute blast. It's always good seeing you. With that goal, Achievers, keep focusing on your wins, learning from your lessons, and identifying those key priorities so you can consistently progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, Visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at meet Kristen Burke.
Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.